advice I would give is to start out just with anything you can get, like any experience you can get. I think the whole company knows how important um, social is to our brand and they've definitely made it clear that they're willing to put in um, whatever it takes to make the social team the best. Social on the Sidelines, presented by Front Office Sports. This episode, as always, is brought to you by our good friends at Where, Amara. Team Infographics. I miss saying that because for your guys' knowledge, uh, it's been like a month or maybe even longer since we've recorded one of these because I had to leave uh out of the country and whatnot and so if you didn't know or you forgot or you just want to hear me say it again because you enjoy my voice team infographics brings you the most fire digital content assets for you or your team graphics anything you need they got it for you where can you find them at amara you can find them on twitter.com at team infographs or you can go to their website at teaminfographics.com. Or you can send them a fax or an email or whatever. Okay, listen, that was like four times ago I've matured. Look, people just don't change this quickly, Amara. It takes time, all right? I know you want to send a fax or a MySpace comment or post on their wall. A bulletin, okay, a bulletin. (laughs) Man, I miss those MySpace bulletin days. I used to fill out some crazy quizzes. Same. (laughs) What was your favorite MySpace bulletin quiz? Yeah, no, all I remember about my MySpace bulletins is I would do them at night and I'd like fill out this like about me quiz and like hope my crush in my top eight would read it <laughs> and reply. Like, I, I'm so glad that is off the internet, by the way. I don't, Lord knows Who's what I said. Who's on your top eight, Amara? Ah, uh, that's secret information. You'd be wow. in my top eight, though. These days I'd be in your top eight. That's pretty dope. Yeah. I feel feel good about that. Amara came to my wedding reception, by the way, y'all. It was pretty dope. Like, it was social in the sidelines in person. And uh, I felt so cool that Amara flew all the way from Portland. Yeah, man. To come. I wouldn't miss it. It was beautiful. I was, like, holding back the tears. I'm a big sap when it comes to (laughs) weddings, so. (laughs) It's all good. I I forgive you. I'm glad you didn't cry, because then I would have cried, because I'm also a big sap. Are you really? I am. Oh, that would that seem that seemed like a shocked answer. I cry all the time. I just don't let people know. Oh, this is this is life changing. Let's have a cry sesh one time. Social. Let's do it on. Let's just do it on social on the side. I'm just kidding. Let's not do that. <laughs> I've cried enough. I've cried enough, man. <laughs> I almost. True story. I almost cried when I got up uh, on the stage during the actual wedding night, not the wedding reception, but. Like, I saw everyone going past me, or, like, I was walking past everybody, and I was like, yo, this is real right now. And I got up in front of everyone, and I was trying so hard not to cry. I look like an absolute idiot. I can't wait till the raw video comes Aww. out, because when I cry, my lip quivers, and oh. somebody must be like, yo, he's having a seizure or something. Like, is he okay? Or at least I think somebody reacted like that, because I was tweaking out. That is so uh, cute. Also, yeah, congrats on the marriage. Like, a light flex, traveling the world. You know, you know, traveling the world, doing marriage things, getting the apartment ready. Oh, my gosh. Cooking, 
Oh my I, I realized doing marriage things, I, I don't even know what that means because it's only been three weeks and every day we're like getting the apartment ready or doing this or that. So I, I'm not qualified enough to use the phrase doing marriage things. It's just the aura of what I think marriage is, which is traveling the world and not working. Sounds amazing. One day. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I that wasn't a shot at you. That wasn't a shot at you. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> let's cry. Let's cry. Social okay. on the cry lines. Hey, ooh, we out here. Sponsor us, Kleenex. Sponsor us, Kleenex. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> In other news, you were talking about a calendar event, right? I don't know if this is something I could talk about on this podcast, but. I found a really weird um, calendar event in my phone, and I saw this. It's so weird. I don't. I'm like still trying to figure out what it is. It says next Thursday. Next Thursday, I have to quote resume dating. I don't know what that means, but let's find out on the next episode of Social on the Sidelines. I am ready to hear this story. Are are you are you pursuing this calendar event? Are you abiding by what it says? I mean, I, I feel like it's a lot of pressure. I don't know. Um, I'll keep you updated, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Please do. Please do. Twitter, do your thing. Somebody. Just kidding. <laughs> don't slide uh... in her <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, you know, I have to be, give a big shout out to Twitter because while I was gone, I saw quite a few people hitting us up and by quite a few, I want to say four or five, that were complimenting us on the podcast, which is pretty cool considering we just talk about calendar events and dating and, yep. you know, all the things that social media people talk about. Yeah. Uh, but no, we appreciate you guys listening and showing us love. That is pretty awesome because... Uh, we just started this thing thinking three or four people were going to listen in total, and three or four people hit us up. So that's pretty yeah, dope. and of those three people, we thought two would be our moms. So we out here. Well, my mom has not listened to it. So okay, mine, shout out, shout out my mom. <laughs> yeah, shout out Amara's mom. Shout out Christy. Yeah. I don't know if I should. I, I don't know if I should just be giving out your mom's name like that, but. <laughs> I just did, so I'm sorry, Christy. <laughs> um, so on another note, yes, go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, just gonna, say, I was just gonna say. Do you? I was just gonna say. Um, shall we talk about NBA schedule releases? Please, let's do that. Okay, so as you guys may know, it was a week ago that the NBA schedule came out in full and there were some pretty cool concepts. Um, and I think, um, a couple teams like really, really did well. And what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I thought as per usual, the NBA came with the absolute most fire teams, especially, uh, in preparation for the schedule, every team gets a different amount of time to prepare depending on PR and, you know, just who's involved. But, us, for example, we had a kind of rough draft, let's say. I want to say five or four days ahead of time, which doesn't necessarily leave a ton of time 
for preparation because we also have the WNBA, which you guys know. Um, and we wanted to do a little bit longer form stuff uh, to just keep the excitement going until the season starts. But that being said, some of my favorites uh, come from our very own Amara Baptist and team over at the Portland Trailblazers with the Oregon mm-hmm. Trail. I thought that was pretty dope. Um, some others, the Pac-Man, uh, I want to say Denver. It was Denver. Nuggets. Yes, that's who it was. Yeah. That was pretty dope. Uh, I thought I thought what the Hawks did with Spotify, yeah. straight fire. <clears throat> shout out Annie and team. Um, what else? What? Who else do you think kind of blew it out of the water? Yeah, I mean, I really liked um, the Spotify uh, concept, especially because I think they were partnered with Spotify, which is like takes it to an either even mm-hmm. bigger level. Sponsor um, us, Spotify, sponsor us. Hey, Spotify, I use you every day. Um, <laughs> uh who else i thought the lakers as per usual was very visually pleasing um yes that was who else just a quick note actually on the blazers side so i think it's cool what you guys are doing as the long form stuff um and we actually Mm -hmm. had like the kind of the exact opposite approach it was more like get everything out bit like go big on that day and I think, um, so yeah, mm-hmm. we had a Oregon Trail schedule release, which was amazing video um, by our video extraordinaire, Billy Olson. And it was kind of like a collaborative um, process. We had like a group Slack and we were throwing out like schedule ideas and um, our beat writer, Casey, set, suggested an Oregon Trail style release. And we were like, yeah, that's awesome. And then Billy just like went above and beyond um, with that. And then... Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, I think it just goes to show like the power of collaboration. I think ideas are awesome, but if it's just you, but I think the more people involved in the creative process, um, I'm learning it's a, it will make an even better product. For sure. Yeah, I'm interested to see this is the first time I haven't gone with the, the pr- approach that you're referring to and kind of go all out on schedule release day um i I mean we still had some cool stuff we're collaborating with an illustrator to do some instagram specific yeah those are dope uh big matchup graphic thank you um shout out to him for for that but we actually have something that still hasn't dropped yet uh it's gonna take a little bit of time i don't know when it's gonna drop but when it comes out i'll talk about it on the podcast hopefully it's as dope as i think it'll be but we'll see cool more to come Nice. Uh, so in reference to this episode of Social on the Sidelines, we had our good friend and colleague Meredith Minko of Bleacher Report on, um, and she did a phenomenal job explaining her role, her past, and kind of Bleacher Report's mentality on their day-to-day and, and why they're killers in the content industry. Yeah, for sure. It was um, It was cool to to talk to her because I think we've done well almost every single person we've done has been with a team and it's cool to see someone's perspective like their team is huge she said like on their social team and digital team between the New York and San Francisco offices there's like what like 75 to 100 people isn't that what she said yep which mm-hmm. is like I and mean, they're all working at different times yeah I mean it was just really cool to hear um that like different uh side of things and she's awesome per usual it was good talking to her 
Yes. Huge, huge advocate for the WNBA as well, which yes. I am a big fan of Meredith for. And she's also a good person and she's good at her job. So I would highly recommend you sticking through the next 45 or so minutes of us talking to Meredith uh, because it was a very dope episode. You got anything else on your end? No, I think that's it. Enjoy. What's up, y'all? It is Social on the Sidelines, joined by a good friend and a special guest, Meredith Minko from Bleacher Report. What's up, Meredith? Hello. <laughs> so enthusiastic. <laughs> it's late, but we're getting it done. <laughs> you know, I would be this excited to hop on our podcast, too. So don't worry. Don't, don't <laughs> oh, my God. It is very late. For y'all that are listening, we are all dead tired, and it's very late on a Sunday night while we're recording this, so bear with us. That being said, Meredith, uh, as we start this thing off, for those who don't know you uh, and don't know your story, what you do, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you're at at Bleacher Report and what it is exactly that you do there. All right. Um, let's see. So my name is Meredith, as you mentioned. Um, I work for BR. Um, I'm a social programmer. Um, I am based in San Francisco, and I got here by way of Minnesota uh, with the Minnesota wow. Timberwolves and Lynx. Hey. Um, and yeah, I've been in, working for BR for almost two years now. And um, started with a internship with the Timberwolves and Lynx, and now I'm here. So, with your internship at the Wolves, first of all, how'd you get into social? Like, what made you? What drew you towards it? Um, I started in social in um in college with a like a really small startup um in minneapolis um it's called benjo's it was actually a colored shoelace uh company and um it was my cousin's friend's company and um i was interested in photography um and was just trying to do something with that so i got to work on this uh company's uh instagram facebook twitter and it was just me and the owner and started um, with that and taking photos and writing copy and all that. And then, um, got into sports kind of late. Um, I started watching basketball when I was like a freshman in college. Um, when I was at the university of Vermont, cause there wasn't much to do. Um, one of my friends introduced me to it. Um, and then, um, from that startup, I got like a ton of experience just from being like the only person working there and then decided to see if I could combine um, sports and social and found my way to the wolves and lynx. Um, and yeah, that's how I got into it. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. You're an amazing photographer. Can you tell us a little bit? Um, I think your story is really cool. So can you tell us a little bit about photography, how you got into it and kind of, um, why you love it so much uh yeah I've been interested in photography since I was um like uh in middle school or junior high um I uh 
kind of fell in love with it, just kind of happened upon it. And then um, I told my dad that I was interested and he was really into photography. So he bought me a DSLR camera, which was like kind of a huge deal at the time. I feel like people, a lot of people have them now. Maybe it's just because um, being in social media feels like every every team like has a DSLR now. Like Shabazz, the, I know the cameras you guys have at the Wolves are crazy with like the lenses and stuff, but I feel like it was kind of more rare at that time. And he got me a camera and I had another friend in high school um, who was super creative. She She freelances now for like Nike and, she's a crazy good photographer, but we just kind of both fell in love with it together. And then, um, my dad took me on a trip to India just as like a photo trip for the two of us. Um, and it was kind of like a way we bonded and I kind of fell in love with it. Just taking photos of people in different countries and connecting with people through photography, like everybody wanted their picture taken and it was just really awesome. Um, and yeah. And then, used photography in college took a couple classes I didn't really I don't really still know that much like technical stuff about it but um I just love it's something I love to do and like whenever I'm bored I always walk around with my camera and um yeah so my dad passed away like four years ago so I took his camera that he had that we used to shoot together so now I just use his um, as much as I can to like take it around and keep shooting with it. And I don't, it kind of feels like a, like collaboration when I go out and shoot with it. So try to keep his like memory alive by shooting photos and stuff. Um, but yeah, I've tried, I've tried sports photography and I'm just not good at it. I don't know if I need like more reps or more practice or a better lens or whatever, but I've been trying to combine like the sports and photo stuff and I'm still working on it. So props to you guys for doing it well your lifestyle photos are amazing i your instagram is like so nice to look at for for those for those who don't know meredith is being very humble and her instagram is straight fire she's insta famous around don't lie follow her (laughs) on ig at merminx with two r's and you will not be disappointed <laughs> I am curious, Amara. Do you use a DSLR for yes. for social? So okay. we have a, a photographer that travels with the team, but there's also another really nice camera. All I know is it's like I don't know anything about <laughs> photography really. I just try my hardest to do well, but it is a nice, nice camera. You kind of like need it. Those yeah. really long yeah. Other I don't know. I tried using just a regular lens and it just didn't work out. I know that when I was in Minnesota, I saw Shabazz with you guys. You guys have like really nice lenses, like the super zoom. Yeah, we do. 7200. Like, yeah. <laughs> the main one that most basketball photographers use is a 7200 for photos, which is like super crisp. You can turn the aperture up so it like blurs the background of the photos, which you see like the Getty photographers. You see like. Yeah. Amara's mm-hmm. uh Bruce, the guy from Portland who yeah. photos use the those lenses. So it's pretty dope. Super fun, but yeah, it's definitely more difficult than I thought it was. I, I think it's a repetition thing because quite frankly, when I started doing it I was straight trash. And I think I'm <laughs> a little bit better than straight trash now. So 
Just a uh, little bit, though. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't but, know if for you for you guys, but like photos on our for BR, if we post a Getty on our Instagram, like they interact likes wise, they do way better than video, which yes. I think is kind of interesting. Is that true for you guys too? Oh yeah, I think it depends. 100%. Yeah, I, obviously it depends on the photo, but I, I think yeah, in, yeah. In, in general the amount of video that we're doing and we're trying to combine with photo now we're very selective about the photos we use and when we yeah. do use photos now they they do jump off the especially for the last half a year or so they've been killing it so yeah um we try to be pretty selective about it but before we hop into more of the strategy which i promise we'll get into uh one of the things that i find super interesting about br uh comparative to I guess regular workplaces, uh, I'll say, is that uh, for me at least, I think one of the biggest difficulties for for regular workplaces and especially within sports is there's a lot of uh, different ideas about what department is more you know more important. You know, everyone kind of thinks that their own department is the thing that matters most, right? Like, I think that's just a regular workplace problem. Whereas BR, I think everyone knows for the most part, correct me if I'm wrong, Meredith, but everyone knows that content and social is kind of, uh, you know, at first thought. Uh, but given so, I, I'm also guessing that's a little bit of a difficulty because there's a lot of different variables at play in terms of what sport matters most. And, you know, how do you keep on top of that? I know you guys have a robust, you know, schedule of people working and a lot of different uh, ideas at, at hand, but talk a little bit more about that if you can. Yeah, I think the first thing that you brought up is pretty interesting. They've like, they've really made it clear that social um, is like one of our most important, if not our most important um, department uh at BR not and not in like a not in a condescending way or anything like that it's just I think the whole company knows how important um social is to our brand and they've definitely made it clear that they're willing to put in um whatever it takes to make the social team the best I think um that's pretty clear when it comes to like I I would probably say on our social team we have between San Francisco and New York, probably like uh, overall, probably over like 75 to 100 people oh, on the wow. team, I think, uh, like at the higher level between like, um, so I'm in programming, so that's just day to day. And then we have our full social moments team. Um, we have a separate team for Snapchat and um like YouTube, we're trying to build up more, but yeah, between and having, I think having two, uh, having two coasts, like having West Coast and East Coast, um, how they break it up, like we kind of do the way ours works is shifts. So, um, West Coast team is mostly like nighttime. So I'm like two to 10, um, during the season. So we cover all the games and then we have our East Coast team that's like nine to five to cover everything that happens during the day and like um, just the schedule structure and how much time they've put into who's working when and um, just the 
communication between the teams and I don't know, the the process and how it's all set up just in the day to day makes it clear to everyone that they take it very seriously and they're trying to optimize everybody's time and optimize resources and um yeah. This episode is supported by the University of Miami's online graduate sport administration program, a top-ranked graduate program with a highly respected reputation among employers. The program's designed with your schedule in mind, and it offers the flexibility needed for professionals looking to break into or advance in the sports industry. Be sure to check them out at miami.edu slash online. It shows in the work. I mean, I I remember... When we visited, you know, Bleacher Report uh, after the the Twitter summit that we went to, and uh, Meredith gave me the opportunity to sit in on on one of their meetings, and it was the coolest thing to me. And I, I not to to be cocky or arrogant or anything, but I've I've seen a lot of different organizations that I look up to, digital presences, and between Nike and you know uh, Bleacher Report and all of that and quite frankly bleach report i thought had one of the coolest setups just because like meredith was saying between new york and san francisco they're having these meetings online and it, it was just a really cool scenario to see that you guys are coordinating the things that most of twitter the sports nba twitter i'll say is looking forward to on a nightly basis being coordinated via these phone calls and so my question is how are you guys able to stay on top of everything with a hundred plus people, you know, with different schedules? It's kind of like a restaurant, right? Like everyone has certain shifts that they're going on and you got to be aware of what the other people are doing in a different city than you in different sports. How do you stay on top of it all? I know Slack's a huge thing for you guys, but you guys are pretty much the number one sports go-to place on, on Twitter and, and, other platforms as well so how do you guys keep track of it all i think slack is huge um like before i came to br and was at doing the internship with the wolves and the lynx like we had um i think it was called like jive or something but basically like very basic um instant messaging system um which works when like everyone is in an office together, I guess. But um, like you said, like coordinating between um, West Coast and East Coast, like we have rooms for everything. So like a breaking news room um, so that everybody's aware when something, um, when news breaks, we have like a a social room, a moments room for all the head swaps and all the quote cards that everybody those are the things that people like the most and all the um, graphics and stuff like that. And like we have a national programming room where everyone from like alerts to front page and social, everyone's communicating when a big piece of news drops, we drop it in there so we can coordinate like um, having a similar voice between platforms and app and social. And then um, between moments and social coordinating who's posting what and um, we have like a predictive team that plans this stuff that's like months in advance, like anything happening in the finals, they'll plan like dozens of things that sometimes even don't really see the light of day. And like, they're making sure everyone's on a calendar and making sure that we don't miss anything. And like, I mean, obviously we miss stuff because 
you can't really cover everything, but um, between like East Coast and West Coast, we have when someone's off shift, they write up a little thing saying what happened and there's like a handoff so no one misses anything. I think the number one thing that uh, I've like admired about working at Bleacher Report is just the amount of like detail that goes into everything and um, the communication is crazy. And um, I kind of look at it like hopefully future for um, like the future setup for sports teams. Like I know when you work for a team and you're on social, you're literally on 24 seven. Like you guys obviously know you can't really put your phone down and um, you kind of have to be on just because there's only, I mean, there are way more people on social teams now, but used to be only one or two. So you're always posting yourself, but like at BR, we have our shifts and then you're working a total of 40 hours a week. So when you're off shift, you can come in like Slack and let people know if you see something, but when you're off shift, you're off shift. And I think that's, that's kind of huge. Like we kind of maximize our time when we're on shift and make sure that everybody's doing stuff. And then when you're off, you're off. And so you try to get everything done while you're in your shift. And I don't know, that's just something I admire, especially in a, uh, like a space like social that's just you can get burnt out really easily and you still get burnt out in this setting but um just maximizing time and everyone's space and how much time they have in a day and not overworking people and maximizing the time you do have overlap together i think is huge absolutely that's really important so speaking of kind of so today you worked one to nine right Mm-hmm. Okay, so can you walk us through kind of your day-to-day, um, like a normal game day? I don't know. Like, what did you do today? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, well, today was super slow. We're in like the dog days of summer, um, <laughs> which is funny because like in the off-season, I count off-season as when no NBA is on because that's just kind of what takes up most of my time um, during season. but. Um, yeah, so like they our hours get cut an hour earlier during the summer. So usually like during the season we're two to ten because um NBA games will go to like ten PM or later. But um right now it's just like uh I guess all the tiger stuff today kinda helped everything. Um because otherwise there would have been like nothing going on. But yeah, so I got into work and that whole tiger thing was in the middle and um we got rights to that because we we're and it was in a partnership with something so just posting highlights of tigers comeback and um that was going crazy on social today um so just taking advantage of that and then a day-to-day would be like making sure i'm covering any breaking news that happens um i don't think anything big really happened today um it was a weird day in sports. We were talking because uh, the two things on social that went crazy for us were like golf and then MLS, and mm. which is like super unusual because it's <laughs> usually all our content is like NBA and occasional um, NFL. But yeah, Wayne Rooney had like a crazy goal, which is oh, funny because I don't I know nothing about soccer, but that kind of dominated my timeline, and that went crazy for us today, which is funny because usually people don't really I mean people care but like 
it doesn't do as well for us on social media. But yeah, normal day would be um, covering breaking news. Um, any highlights from baseball or right now, I guess, golf or soccer and then finding UGC is like a huge thing for us. Um, any like user generated content um, that's like in the summer, that's probably like 60% of our content. So it's searching crazy goals or like, I don't know, weird skateboard tricks um, <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, just kind of trying to fill the content void before NBA comes back. For sure. So you said um, you don't know a lot about soccer. I was, when I worked at Fox, this was always kind of a source of anxiety for me because I would be working kind of the same shift as you, like the night shift. So yeah. I'd be like covering boxing and like UFC yeah. and I'd be like, I don't know really what's going on. How do you deal with like not being super familiar with sports and kind of faking it till you make it, I guess? For sure. I think when I started, I was super anxious about that kind of stuff and I definitely made a lot of mistakes, um, especially with like football or uh, like combat sports, like you said. But I think it's um, mostly about like utilizing uh, other people at the company. Like, um, so our app team, we have different departments. Everyone's on a sport on like social where like we're all covering every sport every time. But so we have like MLB pods and combat pods on Slack where they're all talking about um, like what's trending in that sport. Mm -hmm. So I make sure to like be in those pods and um, just kind of monitoring what, like for instance, tonight the there was like a grand slam walk-off for the Cubs. Like I didn't even, before I started working, I didn't even know what a walk-off was. And um, I think just like, utilizing the other people at the company that are experts in stuff that you're not um is how I've been able to get comfortable with stuff and kind of fake it um and then you gain confidence after a while I think when I first started um during the NFL season like I would search I would literally before a game I would search like uh previews of the games and kind of research like who's who and um, like storylines to look out for. Um, my manager used to always make fun of me that like when I first started, <laughs> he would walk by my desk and I would be looking up like, <laughs> who's the Cowboys quarterback? Like who, who's good on the defense? Like I literally knew nothing about football before I started. And I used to do a lot of research and now I think I've kind of picked up on like the big names or if there's a huge highlight, you're going to see it on your timeline anyway. And then just like, Kind of, kind of curating lists and stuff of people to follow, um, just so that you don't miss anything. But I, there's definitely a learning curve, and I've definitely made a lot of mistakes. But you gain confidence after a while, I think. Yeah, for sure. Did you have any? Uh, we always talk about this at our job. Did you have any um, mistakes when you were at Fox Sports that, oh, like yeah. getting athletes' yeah. names wrong or? Yeah, I want to say. It was maybe tennis or something. And I called like, I called something, it's a match, right? Like it's a tennis match. Mm -hmm. And I called it like not a match. And like 
tennis Twitter came out of nowhere. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't even know this was a thing, but they're they have their pitchforks out. <laughs> but yeah. Oh my gosh. It's kind of cool though, because now I can actually watch like something like UFC and and kind of know what's going on. So I think that's really cool that you're learning other than, you know, oh, yeah. stuff that you feel comfortable with. For sure. Uh Meredith, so one of my biggest questions, you know, a, a lot at least my myself and I know when I was at the Kings, we all kind of looked up to BR in terms of uh, them being an inspiration on social and, and who to look up to. And quite frankly, like after that last time that I came to you guys' office, I actually, with my team, I've kind of moved some of our schedules around just to kind of test out some of the shift stuff you were talking about so that people feel like they are not working every game or every three games in a row um just so oh, that really yeah no we've been we've been doing that for now i, I want to say three or four months and you know i've been talking to my team and they're like this is the best i've ever felt at work because we aren't working you know two or three games in a row we i have a schedule laid out for like already for wolf season i have every game that everyone's working um and we got that from, awesome. from vr but that being said I kind of want to see who do you guys look for for inspiration on social and 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 what do you find is the most inspiring brands on the platform? Um that's a good question. Every week we do like um everyone brings in like kind of a tweet that they've seen or like something on social that's inspired them. Um I think it always kind of changes for us. Um I kind of, I really like what Slam has been doing this summer um, mm-hmm. in terms of just like they'll, they'll post stuff that's not really time sensitive, kind of just random. Um, they'll be like, shout out to this person just because. Um, and it kind of goes crazy for them. I think I really like, like how they've honed their voice um, and how they've kind of tried out new things. Like they have different um side accounts like that league fits account i think is awesome um i really like what they've been doing um i always look at like gq i like their social story stuff um i think during the season we all kind of get inspired by like not just saying this because talking to you guys but like what teams are doing um because i feel like when you're limited to one team you kind of have to stretch even more creatively um to like kind of stretch stuff so that it doesn't get boring like that that Oregon Trail um thing you guys did the other day for the Blazers schedule rollout like our whole office was talking about that people thought it was really cool um but thanks yeah I don't know oh yeah (laughs) I don't know (laughs) I don't know if there's anyone um specifically right now uh but I mean, just staring at Twitter all the time, you see things that come across all the time um, that we'll just drop in our room and we'll kind of talk about it, what we like and what we don't like, and kind of try to start, try new stuff from there. For sure. Uh, one quick follow-up off of that. So another thing that we always had at the Kings and that I've implemented here at the Wolves and Lynx too is we have this thing called a wins document. And essentially... It's a document that's filled with um, when we when national outlets 
pick up our social related uh, ideas, right? So if we put out a tweet or an Instagram post or uh, an illustration and there's a blog written about it or somebody, you know, one of the bigger outlets tweets it or, you know, quote tweets it or whatever, we have this document. And so that's kind of how we base some of our individual successes on. How do you Mm -hmm. guys do that? Is there a certain number that you guys hit that you're like, all right, this is, you know, this is a viral tweet to us or this is a successful post for us. What is that number like if that's a thing for you guys? Yeah. um, It sounds, I mean, it sounds just kind of superficial to like say it out loud, but yeah, I guess um, for viral stuff, you can kind of tell right away if something is going viral or not. Like for us, um, if something has over a thousand retweets in a minute, that's when oh we know gosh. that it. That's a, <laughs> can't relate. Okay, continue. <laughs> um, but that's when that's when we know like uh, something is going crazy viral. Like I think in the finals, um, it was uh me cole and vince and um in game one when jr had the uh the famous moment um (laughs) cole like pulled up uh google image search and had the jr squinting meme like he we didn't even have that prepped and it's just like it's not even like having stuff that's like pre-planned and um like the high production stuff, but like just being timely, like he got something out within uh, like probably five seconds of it happening. And that had, I think it had 4,000 retweets in like less than a minute. And it was literally just like a Google image picture. And then we followed up with like, uh, like a Google search LeBron saying like how to uh, trade a teammate and like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when we know something's hitting, we'll just kind of throw stuff out there um, just because we can tell that things are eating. But um, those are like, that's, those are big examples. But I think overall, um, if something gets like double digit retweets, that's like uh, for like thousands, that's probably like how we know something's going viral. Um, but th- yeah, that's really how we judge most of our stuff right now but sometimes you put out content that you think is good and it just doesn't really hit like that but you still um you still kind of count it as a successful post um kind of like if if an athlete comments on something that we do or they repost it or um like one of our designers one of my friends Hurst shout out to Hurst he does most of our like graphic design and um anything like he loves music so he loves to incorporate uh hip-hop and sports and um he like had something made for Astro World and uh Travis Scott like commented that he liked it and then um we dm'd him and uh he ended up like sending he just shipped in the mail like a huge poster of the graphic that he made and it's going to like Travis Scott's house and he's going to like hopefully frame it and put it up. Yeah. And that's like, that's just like a, I don't know, that's a big win for us because it's something different than sports. It's music and just having like 
the artists kind of like the work or the athletes like the work. Like sometimes it doesn't have to be just numbers and stuff like that. It's more like cultural impact or stuff like that. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're a huge proponent of the WNBA, which I think is really awesome. And we've had many conversations about, you know, trying to just, you know, talking about their social platforms and how, you know, it's a shame that they're not getting out the brand out there as much as it should. I feel like that's shifting um, mainly because I think Bleacher Report does a really, really good job. Um, and I'm assuming you have a really big part in making sure the WNBA gets their share of coverage. Can you talk a little bit about how important that is to you? Uh, yeah, that's like, that's huge for me. Um, I actually didn't know much about the WNBA until I worked for the Wolves and the Lynx. Um, and I like started with the Wolves and my manager at the time, like, uh, when I was working a game, a Wolves game was just told me, it was like, wait till you see Lynx games. Like you're going to be blown away by, um, how loud it gets and, uh, in the arena and stuff like that. And then once Lynx season came along and I saw like how passionate the fans were and how awesome the team was. And it just was, it had a very different vibe than NBA. Um, not that there's anything wrong with NBA, but like, just the the fans and um just the way the game is played is kind of different um and after after I worked for them I just became a huge Lynx fan and um and then started getting into the rest of the league it's it's like compared to like two years ago there used to be only like a couple really top teams as we know like Lynx and Sparks always meeting in the finals and this year like I feel like there's a shift on social, but it's also because like the league has gotten so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it kind of sucks that the Lynx and Sparks probably won't meet in the finals this year, but um, <laughs> just that the, the the league is so good and like any given night, anyone can win. And the players in the league are just, they're awesome people. Shabazz, you can speak to it too, but they're just like really good uh, humans. and um there's no ego in the league and ever it's just such a team sport and also the players in the league are really really vocal about like pushing um their platforms and speaking up for what they believe in and we've also like seen all these players standing up on twitter to the trolls and um i think it kind of gives like i know shabazz you guys have been clapping back on at people on twitter all year and um the players doing it and the teams doing it and uh, kind of feels like everybody's kind of joining together and kind of pushing the league forward. And yeah, there are a lot of trolls online, but um, I don't know all the stuff we put out for BR. There are a lot of, there are a lot of bad comments, but the likes and the retweets kind of over overshadow that. And I think there really is like a huge audience and people, people love watching and, I don't know. There just seems to be like an excitement around the league this year. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, coming at it from my perspective, much like you, my first job in sports was with the Wolves and Lynx. And when I was doing Lynx back then, I had the same idea about the W. I I thought it was great to watch. It was fun to be there. It was a really cool atmosphere that I hadn't necessarily 
scene in the NBA, like every single person in the arena is always into the games, which mm-hmm. if you go across to different NBA arenas, that's not always the case. It's, it's just not. And mm-hmm. um, like you said, there's so much more access to player personalities and the NBA does a really good job of it, but the WNBA is on the next level in terms of fan interaction and engaging with kids and growing, trying to grow the game. And they were going about it the right way, but I think the biggest opportunity that I was excited about when I came back to the Wolves and Lynx was trying to grow the Lynx and the W more from a team perspective on social, just because I thought there was a huge opportunity that I, I think quite frankly, was being missed out on. And now this year, it seems like everybody is going at it the right way and starts at the league level, but also Bleacher Report covering it more, House of Highlights doing it more, mm-hmm. um, and, and even the teams being more involved and NBA teams and players you know, sharing their advo- advocacy for it. There's always going to be people that you know are, are disrespectful about it, but the more advocacy we have from these star athletes across the board uh, on on the NBA side and the WNB players themselves makes me super excited about what's going to happen in five or 10 years when some of these kids who are growing up in the social age that are following BR and get more, you know, acquainted with it and start to watch games themselves and realize that this is dope basketball that they should tune into. Um, For sure. But you know, to end, you know, we're almost at a at the forty minute mark. I know we're all dead tired. Uh, <laughs> to, to end, wanted to ask you if you have any advice for folks that are looking to to get into a BR like role or just to get into sports and social. Knowing the journey you've had and the experiences you've had, uh, what advice would you would you give somebody? Um, I think that uh, advice I would give is to start out just with anything you can get, like any experience you can get. Um, like the internship that I had was huge. And um, I was kind of shocked when I applied for the BR role and they said like uh, an internship experience is enough to get a full-time position. I think um, a lot of times nowadays you see on like job applications, like for social, they want like, two or three years of experience um, before you get like an entry level job. And I think sometimes that scares people off because you have to start somewhere, but um, getting in with just an internship and just having an experience with a team um, is huge. And don't be afraid to apply for positions you see that you might think would be um, out of your reach because a lot of times they're not. Um, Also, I would say like connecting with people on Twitter um as you guys know like there's a huge network on twitter and not only like meeting really cool people that can be friends but also um connections that you can make and don't be afraid to reach out and especially being like a woman in sports um every woman uh that works in sports that i've met has been super super willing to like mentor and help other women um kind of build them up like they they were built up um there are a lot of there are a lot of people on twitter and sports that are willing to mentor people and i would say just reach out and make connections and meet cool people and yeah for sure liamara you got anything else 
No, I think that's it. I just want to bring it full circle because on our first podcast ever, didn't we give Meredith a shout out? Hey. We did. I feel like you were our first shout out. So this is full circle now. Oh my gosh. I'm so honored. (laughs) (laughs) We got to have the whole BR squad on. You included with with Barf and Ryan and everyone else. I feel like that one needs to be live. Like a live stream. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, I don't. We we, need... we got to make a trip out to SF. <laughs> Sounds like yeah, yes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, that pod would have to be like two hours long. <laughs> everyone yo, can talk I'm, for hours. I'm coming back sometime in the next couple months. Let's make it happen, Amara. You're an hour okay, away. Let's do I'm it. Three-hour flight away. There do we it. go. All right, this no is, backing out. This That's is definitely recorded, not, so you have every to. Time, Every time, yeah. The thing is, every time we tell the podcast listeners we're gonna do something, we never do it. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, why not have this be the first one that actually happens? You're That's right. True. You're right. A we live show it. would be so sick. That would be awesome. Let's do it. Let's have right, BR uh, sponsor us. BR a BR <laughs> sponsor the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Right. There you go. <laughs> thanks for thanks for hopping on, Meredith. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Social on the Try slash Cry slash Sidelines presented by Front Office Sports <laughs> with this episode, as per usual, brought to you by the guys and girls over where, Amara? At Team Infographics. You can find them on the internet on Twitter.com at Team Infographics or shoot them a email or go to their website at Team Infographics. Or make them a MySpace and talk to them that way. Be your top eight. I would add them on my top eight, TBH. They'd be top three. Front office sports would be second. Amara would be first. And Oh my gosh. Don't tell Fern. Fern would be a combined MySpace (laughs) page with myself. Right? That's that's why I Ooh. forgot to mention her because nice. it would be a joint account. Wow. That was See, good. I, I'm good at saving myself. I'm good at this whole marriage thing already. I don't. You right? really are. I can save myself from any scenario. Right, Fern? Social on the wedlines. All right. This one is just. That was your worst one yet. Delete. Delete <laughs> your internet. Xfinity, just take her okay. access away. Revoke her privileges. It's over now. We're done. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> please let us know if your date is fulfilled. If not, please slide into our DMs, folks. All right, that's enough for social on the sidelines. So we'll see you later, bye. <laughs>